Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Well, praise the Lord. Somebody give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Wow. I feel like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Had it been rich in here this morning. Amen. Grab your Bibles and stand with me, and I'll try not to delay too much. We do have a baccalaureate service here. I want to encourage you once again, please, if you have anything, take it with you, because this place will have 400 people plus in it, with all of our seniors and stuff, so take your stuff so it don't get, not that somebody's going to take it, but it might get misplaced. <clears throat> also, the... Uh, my wife will be having her uh, life track class tonight. That's at six, right? We'll be having small groups and life track tonight. So if you're in the life track, or even if you say, oh, man, I missed that. I need to get started. Come on, get started tonight. We'll catch you up on my class um, after we get through with this one. And that's for new membership, those who want to be a member of Life Church. Let me see. Where do I want to start? I think we start in the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28. I just need a little disclaimer before I start to preach this morning. Uh, I believe that we may say some things that may rock your theological persuasion, uh, but I want to ask you to just stay with me. Uh, we sense that God is just raising the standard around here uh, of, of, of godliness and holiness and integrity and honor back to the body of Christ. And uh, how many knows that uh, the word's got to come up before we can come up? So we got, we're having to start preaching on a different level than what we have really preached on in a long time. And uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but we are in some sa Saturday night services. They're not really services. We're just coming together. We're praying. And then uh, Josh has been taking us through the churches of Revelation if you're hungry for a little more in-depth Bible study for some anointed teaching, you ought to come check it out. You ought to come check it out. For you that just just hungry for a little more, it's been phenomenal. But anyway, we can tell by the magnitude of the Word that God is raising the level of the Word so that we can come up to it. So this may stretch you. Are y'all following me? It may stretch you a little bit, amen, but it's not to condemn you. It's to pull you up. It's to pull you up, amen? Uh, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28. Turn there with me if you don't have your Bibles. I promise you, our technician back there will fix you up. I didn't know what to title this message this morning, but it's basically uh, discovering your purpose part number three. I can't get away from that concept. Uh, but today, I feel like we're going to take it to a greater level uh, that's going to challenge our understanding of that. So I just need you to put your seatbelt on, get ready to receive from God. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things, somebody say all things, work together for good. It don't say that all good things work together for the good. It says all things work together for the good. So some things you don't think is good can be working for you. Amen. It can be working for you. So you got to learn that so that you can praise God in the good times and you can praise him in what you deem is bad times. But usually it's the hard times where God is working the most good in your life. Can I get a witness? 
We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and them who are called. What? According to whose purpose? Tell your neighbor it ain't even about you. It ain't about you. You, may, you missed it. You come into Christianity thinking it's supposed to be comfortable. Oh, are y'all listening? For you, it's not about you and your will and your bank account and your security and your. It's about his purpose. So that now it helps me understand that all things are working together for the good of his purpose, not my purpose. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is an enemy to my purpose right now. For whom, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be what? Come on, I like crowd participation. Conformed into what? If the fact, if the very fact that you need confirmation is the very fact that you've got to have change in your life. Amen? And the change is all pointing towards the purpose. Not your purpose, but his purpose. Conform into the image, the express image, the likeness of none less than Jesus Christ. So that Jesus could be the firstborn among many, what? This, this scripture is screaming that Jesus come to establish a whole new family with a whole bunch of brothers that look like and act like him. Come on now. Amen. It's so not about you. It's all about Jesus. Oh, well, I can't help it. It's just the way that I am. That's why God's squeezing you. Amen. That's why he's twisting you. Amen. Because you are killing you. That you may be conformed into the image of his son so that Jesus could be the firstborn of many brothers. In other words, Jesus is trying to produce everybody with the same DNA as him. I need you to receive that because I'm going to choke you with some stuff. He's producing a whole lot of people with the same DNA as him. And Hebrews said, and if you got my DNA, I'm not ashamed to call you brother. We'll call anybody brother. You know, the Bible says, be careful who you call brother. Because everybody's not a brother. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he called. Whom he called, he justified. And we have worked these scriptures for weeks. And whom he justified, he also glorified. All right, now let's go to the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter number 18, verse number 1. Jeremiah 18. Well, that's a strange sound. Pages turning. People still carry his Bibles. Hang in there. The word, verse number one, Jeremiah 18, one. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I'm going to make you hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and saw that he was working at the wheel. But the vessel he was making, I want to read yours, Nisha, so stay ahead of me. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand O house of Israel. 
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you now. You've already moved. You've already touched. You've already healed. But now you have a, uh, a divine deposit of revelation to, to drop into our spirits. Prepare us right now to receive it. Anoint me to be able to teach it, O oh Lord God. Uh, and, and as a result, let us leave here changed because of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the way to your seat, high five somebody, tell them you ain't nothing but clay. Ain't nothing but dirt. I didn't say that. Somebody else provoked me. Ain't nothing but dirt. We've been dealing with the subject of discovering your purpose. And that's such a broad subject, and I, uh, I don't know when I'll quit teaching on that. There's so much I want to go back and pick up, amen. But there is one thing that we've learned is that your purpose, if it's a divine purpose, will always be, uh, be beyond your natural capabilities. Can you receive that? It will always be beyond your natural capabilities. It's the first sign, amen, that it's divine purpose and not yours, but see, if you don't understand that, you will judge your abilities against the purpose you feel in your heart and abort the purpose because your abilities and capabilities don't match up. When in reality, God said, I'm pulling you into my purpose and you cannot do my purpose in your own strength. They will require. So the ability that matches the purpose God gives you will have to be cultivated. It'll have to be cultivated. And I don't know why this is a phenomenon because it's the same. Uh, no kid graduates high school and says, I want to be a doctor and picks up a scaffold. Amen? He goes through four, five, six years of cultivating a desire that he has in his heart. And that's with everything on some form or fashion. Amen. Uh, he, he, he don't come out of high school saying, I am a doctor. He comes out saying, that's what I want to be as a doctor. But it's amazing to me that God calls us into purpose. And the first thing we say is we can't do that. When in reality, God wants to put you in a process to begin to cultivate that ability in you. That's what internships call. It's what internship and apprentice is all about. Is, is, is exposing you to where you want to go. Exposing you to what you want to be. The whole purpose of Christ was to expose you to the God you're supposed to be like. Here's the problem. So we've been dealing with this, discovering the purpose, but it seems to me that this is the greatest mystery to most Christians. What am I here for? What's my purpose? Have you ever heard? I just don't know what God's got for me. I have heard saints in their 80s say, well, I'm still here. He must have something for me. You ever heard that? Have you ever said that? It seems like a great big mystery. Uh, uh, I, I know I'm still here for a reason. Matter of, fact, matter of fact, our prayer consists of, oh God, would you just show me? Show me what my purpose is. Show me what your will is for my life. Well, I'm going to help you today. Because God said, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to show you. How many learns better by example? Some of you didn't raise your hand, but all of you do. Matter of fact, you learn by, better by example than by vocabulary. That's why some of your kids acting like they acted. Because they're learning more about what you're doing than what you're saying. Oh, that was free right there. Amen. And you mad at the youngin' because he ain't doing what you're saying, but he is a perfect, perfect, perfect emulation of what you're doing. 
Boy, y'all going to be quiet this morning, ain't you? So, so we all learn by example. So God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you a living visual uh, of my predetermined, I'm going to give you a living visual of my predetermined plan and eternal purpose for your very existence. Is that easy enough? He said, I'm going to show you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to show you. And God was so good about that. When God got ready to tell you how much he loved you, the Bible says, uh, amen, by this God commended his love for us that he gave his life for us. He's big on giving us examples. So he said, I'm going to show you what your predetermined existence is all about. He should give me uh, 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. If you don't want to turn there, you can just go with us on the screen. It says, talking about God, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, meaning not based on your ability. God didn't look down and said, okay, he's good at this, I'll take him. He's, he's good at that, I can put him over there. He said, no, 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 your calling had nothing to do with your ability. Matter of fact, when God started calling you, he looked down and said, you stink at that, I'll use you. That ought to help somebody in this building right now, amen. You are sorry at that. You have no natural inclination to be good at that. So I'm going to put that in you so that when you do start to succeed, you won't be able to take no glory for it. And everybody else is applauding you, amen. In the background, you'll really be saying, I really stink at this. Boy, I'm telling you what, I'm helping somebody. He called us with a holy calling, amen. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and... So my calling had nothing to do with my ability. It had to do with the plan he had for my life. And he said, you know what? My plan is so big for your life, I'm gonna give you a lot of grace to be able to do it. He gave you grace to go into prison, Tammy. Who would have thought it? Tammy's in there speaking in that prison right beside Jennifer. Amen. It's areas we're not comfortable with. So he said, I didn't call you based on your ability, how good you was, your, your pedigree, your, where you was born or not born, your social standing. But I called you based on my idea I have for you. My purpose for you and grace, which was given to us in Jesus when? Amen. I was gifted before I got messed up. See, I only, oh my God, I only know me after my parents got a hold to me. I only know me after society got a hold of me. I only know me as, uh, after my neighborhood got a hold of me. But God knew me before any of them got a He knew I was gifted. He knew I was anointed. He knew I was powerful from the very foundation of the world. So be careful that you don't assume the identity of your geographical location because where you are is not who you are. Oh, God, I'm going to help somebody in this place. Amen. What you have become is not who you are. So the whole goal of this sermon today is to establish a brand new culture in your life, amen, that's not based upon a vicious cycle that I'm caught up in. That, 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 that I break the mold of the way my predecessors treated me, turned me into what I am. And as a result, I'm born thinking I'm that. 
But God said, oh, no, I knew you before they got their hands on you. And I'm going to bring you back to that intended purpose. He gave it to us before the world begun. Next scripture. Now, remember, I just read the scripture that he saved us and called us according to his purpose which we had before we was ever born into this world. And the next scripture gives us a description. But it is now, what? What is now? Manifest. It is now revealed. What is real? Reveal. My purpose, my intended, predetested, whatever that word is, eternal plan of God. Thank you. It is revealed by the appearing of Jesus Christ. It is revealed by, oh, he said, here's your example of what I created you to be. I'm going to give you a living, walking, talking example. So you ain't got to wonder. Wait on me, Kobe. He's standing there just preaching to Josh. Y'all stay with me. Who hath, and then he goes in to start talking about some stuff he did. He abolished death and brought life and, oh, this word is big. What? No, no way, no way. He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So all I have to do is look at the life, the actions, the person of Jesus Christ to be able to understand the purpose of my existence. Wow, that simplifies everything. Now you are without excuse. See, you was looking at the wrong example. You was looking at that denomination you're a part of. Uh, you, you, You was looking at the wrong example and they transformed you into what they are and we missed the mark of Christ. Because the whole goal of today's teaching is to prove to you that you will always be transformed into what you are exposed to. Everybody in here, I don't care how good your life is being, you are all, we heard a bit of a testimony from our sister right here, Julie, but all of you are a victim of your circumstances. You are a victim of your culture. Some of you have lifted your culture too high and thought it was God. And you don't even know you're a victim of your culture. It's what has provoked the the, the pride, uh, angry fits. Well, it's a tough crowd today. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. All you got to do is look at the life, the actions, and the person of Jesus Christ, and you will understand that's my purpose. That's what I was created to be. That's what I created to do. For you that are pointing at some high-powered preacher or some great singer or some great teacher, you're, you're not looking high enough. You're not looking high enough because if you reach that level, you still haven't reached the level at which God has ordained you to live at, amen, which is the level of Jesus Christ. That's why they called them Christians, not Paulettes. Paul was a wonderful teacher, amen, But the goal wasn't to be like Paul. The goal was to be like Christ. And Jesus and Paul even told him, follow me only as I follow the Christ. Imitate me only as long as I'm imitating Jesus. He said, that's all you got to do. And this scripture says, Jesus came. This scripture, just thank you, leave it there. This scripture says, Jesus came and destroyed death and brought life. Uh, Now, these words are too big for you to just run over now. He brought life and immortality to light. 
That means he revealed, he displayed immortality. He was a walking display of immortality. Immortality, how you define that? I, I think the best way to define immortality, we're going to define it in, we're going to define it in contrast. So immortality as opposed to mortality. And mor mortality, now I'm finna stretch you, you gonna go with me? Mortality refers to humanness. Humanness, mortal. You're a mortal man. You're a mortal one. You're human, all right? In other words, Jesus came, catch this right here. Jesus came to set an example to establish a brand new culture. Somebody shout, new culture. A brand new culture or a way of living that was superior to humanness. I'm going to say that again. Jesus came to set an example and establish a brand new culture that was superior to your humanness. Now, the biblical word for humanness, just so y'all know I'm not getting outside the scripture, is carnal. Does that ring a bell with any scriptures? How I many does the Bible talking about carnal? Well, every time it's talking about carnal, amen, it's calling you a human. Calling you a human. It's calling you a human. Human, carnal. You know what carnal means? Being in the natural state. And your Bible says that the carnal mind is an enemy to God. For it's not subject to the law of God, and nor can it be. He said, the humanness of you is the greatest enemy God's got. Not the devil, not all the hell. They tremble when he walks by. You stand there in your pompous pride. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. The devils believe, and they tremble. We believe and, and walk around like proud peacocks. He said, devil ain't the problem. You're the problem. Your humanness is an enemy to God because your humanness has to regulate, delegate, validate everything by five senses. Amen. It ain't even real if I can't see it or I can't hear it or I can't feel it or I can't smell it. I can't touch it. It's your humanness that robs us of getting close to Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus came to, y'all got to catch this, he came to establish a brand new family. Somebody shout family. Amen. Colin, you finna graduate. Logan, you finna graduate. How many seniors we got in here? Two? Let's give the Lord a great big hand praise. They made it. I didn't think you'd do it. You made it, guys. You made it. I'm proud of you. So Jesus came, I just spotted him over there. Jesus came to establish a brand new family, brothers and sisters with one father, amen. He came to establish a new culture that is as much divine as it is human. Can y'all handle this this morning? I said Jesus came to establish a culture that is much divine as it is carnal. Is as much divine as it is natural, as much as it is human. It's a culture who lives above sin, above moral weakness and human propensities or the inclination just to be ugly. 
Tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. As pretty as you are, I know them propensities are in there, that, 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 that inclination. Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm going to establish a brand new culture, amen, that enables you to live above those propensities. He didn't say they wasn't going to be there. He said, but I'm going to create a culture that walks above them. I got to help somebody in this place, amen. He said, he, he said, I come to create a culture, and I'm going to say it again because some of you are still choking on it, who lives above sin, not wallows in sin. He said, I'm going to create a whole new mindset. It's an elite family. Yes, it's an exclusive family. Somebody better write that down. Uh, because we told, we've been told everything and everybody can join this family. And God said, if any man is thirsty, let him come. You can't even drink from this fountain until you're ready to turn away from your propensities and embrace the righteousness of God. This is the most exclusive club there is. And we've kicked it open to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You mean, you mean this ain't the place for sinners to come and drug addicts? Absolutely. This is the place to come and to join a family to where we step out of an old culture into a brand new culture. You don't bring that culture into this culture. Are you following me? Jesus said, and I just came to set the example because I'm not going to tell you to do what I'm not willing to do myself. So Jesus came to create a culture that lives above sin, above moral weaknesses and human uh, uh, inclinations and failures and, and dysfunctions. And, and the godly word for this, just so you'll have a biblical perspective of it, is godlike. Remember that scripture in your Bible? The Bible says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, righteously and godly. You know what godly, the definition of godly is? God-like. Like God. So how am I supposed to live? Like God. How am I supposed to act? Is this too simple for y'all this morning? Like God. Well, how do I know how God acts? Look at Jesus. All I got to do is look at Jesus. I got an example in front of me. Amen. I know you're still holding on the excuse while we're not God. Oh, I got news for you. I got news for you. Everything that is born of God carries the DNA of God. And now I have a greater inclination to be like God than I do like a sinner. Oh, I don't know if y'all ready for this this morning. Let's go deeper. So the predetermined purpose or plan of God can be verified in the book of Genesis. Because Jesus said, I come to create a whole new culture, a family that looks like and acts like God. Amen. He said, let us create man in our, and in our, let's create man to look like us and to, see, this ain't no new plan. This was the plan from the beginning. I'm going to create something, amen, so earthly that there is an earthly point of reference, but it's going to be so heavenly that it has a heavenly point of reference. And it's going to be so, it's going to be so diverse in nature that it's going to be an avenue where I can take heaven and pull it to earth through them. Through them. And if you don't understand this, you'll get confused. We're going to make it clear. 
So, so Paul, and he said, let's make man in our image and our likeness. Let's make man to be just like us. Think like us, act like us, respond like us. Paul in the early church understood this higher level of life that I'm preaching on this morning that we've been called to. And, and that's why he spoke to the Corinthians like this. Give me, give me 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3. Amen. If you don't understand this concept I'm teaching, you won't understand this. Look what Paul said. He said, you are still, he's talking to Christians, you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there's envy, jealousy, wrangling, division among you, are you not spiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after what? He rebuked them for being human. Paul literally rebuked them for being human. He said, don't you realize you've been called out of that low level of living and you've been anointed, appointed, amen, and empowered to live a life that is higher than the standard of your natural human." You should be superseding the human standard of this world. So Paul was rebuking a group of people for being so human. Amen. I don't know how we receive that today. My God, what am I supposed to be? I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I'm just human. I'm just human. Jesus said, no, I'm coming to establish a brand new culture. Now, remember the scripture said, Jesus brought this level of life and immortality to light through the gospel. He brought this new level of living. He revealed it through the light of the gospel. You know what gospel means? Good news. So in other words, this, this is not a message of condemnation, but of good news that we've been empowered to live above sin. We've been empowered to live above moral weakness. We've been empowered to live above human inclinations. That's the whole good news of the gospel. Not that I can get saved and remain a sinner. Not that I can get saved and still be bound by sin. The good news is I can be born into a, a, a divine family and take on the nature of a divine father. Well, somebody ought to just praise the Lord right there. Amen. Can I tell you, if God would have, when I got saved, if he would have saved me from hell and left me in my mindset, I'd have been in hell the whole time I lived on this earth. Amen? Because I wasn't in danger of hell at that point. I was in danger of losing my family because I was addicted to alcohol. Amen. So, so when I got saved, I wasn't trying to escape hell. I was trying to escape a culture that was killing me. I, I wasn't looking for a ticket to get to heaven. I was looking for relief from my current sickness. Oh, my God. I, I, don't, I don't know. So we're preaching this gospel, amen, that you just come and join a church. You got your ticket, but you're still, amen, living in the bondages and the addictions of my old nature. My old nature was losing my family, but I found something that when I was born again, I was born of another spirit. Oh, is anybody in this house that really got saved? And all of a sudden, what I didn't have the power to do, I all of a sudden had the strength to do it. And can I go ahead and say, it wasn't because the desire for that old uh, alcohol wasn't still there, but I had the power to walk above it. 
That's what I call freedom. Freedom is not the lack of desire. Freedom is to be able to do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. That's freedom. To be empowered to do the right thing. Are y'all still with me? So this is not a message of condemnation. This, this is a, 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 the gospel. This is the good news. I'm going to set you free of you. Son, y'all would be shouting right now on that and right there. And the only reason you ain't shouting because you don't realize, amen, that you need to be delivered of you. Amen? That's the only reason we ain't shouting because we just don't realize how full of me I really am. I'm just going to wait around right here. Y'all say something. That's good news. That's good news. Amen. Yeah, thank God you ain't going to go to hell. Amen. But some people get saved and live in hell for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. When he said, I come to bring you out and to create a whole new standard of freedom in your life. So this is the predetermined will. You want to know what your purpose is, I'm trying to teach you. So this, this is the, the, the predetermined purpose and plan of God from the beginning, amen, is for you to be able to escape your old corruptible nature. That's what happened when I got saved, I escaped. Anybody else? I was a prisoner. Y'all are looking at me like y'all was born with a, speaking in tongues or something. You ain't been holy all your life, amen. When I got saved, it was the night of my great escape. Woo! I'm just going to shout over that, amen. I was a prisoner. I was being abused and misused. I was a slave, amen. So when I got saved, I escaped a culture that was killing me. And some of you are five generations deep in a dysfunctional culture. Well, the good news is it don't matter about Mama Neil. It don't matter about Granny and them. It don't matter about Papa and them. The Oh, somebody ought to help me. The culture can be broken with you. Huh? Made my escape. I'm an escape convict. I am. I know I am because my old uh, warden's still looking for me. Oh, my God, that'll preach right there. Oh my God, he's still, he's still out there. Every now and then I hear the handcuffs rattle, boy. I better get back in prayer. Woo! Somebody help me right there. I better get back in prayer. I hear handcuffs. Amen. And old Benny, he's hid out behind a tree back there. He's just waiting on me to break the law. Huh? Are you listening to me? I know I'm escaped convict because that old crowd is still looking for me. They're still waiting for me. Amen. But as long as I abide within the confines of my new culture, somebody ought to help me. He cannot have me back. I ain't wearing stripes no more. Running around in no orange uniform. Some of y'all sitting in here right now got orange on. Huh? Sitting right up in here playing like you're free. Huh? And you got one of them bracelets. Oh my God. You got one of them bracelets around your ankle so the devil will know right where you're at and right where you're doing. And if you get out too far, it's like a shock collar. He'll just shock you a little bit. But praise God. He who's the sun. I'm just having too much fun. He who the sun sets. 
Is anybody in this place? He who the sun sets free is free. Look, I ain't got no ankle bracelets on. Amen. He ain't got no hold on me. He ain't got nothing in me. Why? Because I got a brand new culture created in me. My God, is anybody listening to me? Oh, my God. What time does baccalaureate start? We got to be through by two. He said, this is your predetermined, uh, this was your purpose. You, you want to know what the will of God is for you, life? Your, your very existence so that you would be an expression of who I am. That's your whole purpose is to walk around and be like Jesus. Huh? Well, is that healing? Is that deliverance? Is that salvation? Yes. The answer to that is yes. So when you just start becoming being like Jesus, you ain't got to chase after gifts and signs and wonders and I got the gift of this and I got the gift of that. Amen. Just every word Jesus went. Amen. Somebody kind of tripped him on the hill and got healed. Amen. He was so anointed that he walked by and his shadow would just heal people. If we could worry about the, the, the doing and start being, the doing would be the fruit of our being. Oh my God, did you tweet that? Write that down. I'll never come up with that again. Religion's all about doing, 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 doing. God said, I give you the power to become the sons of God. I give you the power to become the sons of God. Somebody shout power. In other words, you can't be in this family until God gives you the ability. Woo! I don't care if your name's on the letter. Don't make you a part of this family. Makes you a sinner with a letter. Makes you a sinner in an orange, I mean, makes you a, a church member in an orange suit. <laughs> God, that was good. Man, I killed me. Y'all ain't catching all this? So y'all don't care how many scriptures you can quote. I don't care how many letters your church has been. Can I move my letter over here? Leave your letter. Leave your suit with it. Hey! Leave all that denominational bondage with it. Oh my God, leave all that. Don't bring none of that mess over here because this is a new culture and I can't put a new wine culture into old cultural wines. Oh my God, move on. Drop the mic and walk away. So this, this, is, the, this is the will of God for your life. Quit worrying, quit fretting. It's just to be like Jesus. You're so worried about all the doing you forgot to be and become. All you got to worry about doing is becoming. Becoming what? Becoming what? Becoming, becoming, becoming a son of God. Becoming like Jesus. Amen. And then I ain't working in front and oh my God, am I doing this enough or that enough or amen. I'm just, I'm just being like Jesus and all of a sudden, amen, Jesus stuff is coming out of me. that good? It's just coming out of me. It's just the fruit. Fruit. Fruit is the product of something else. Amen. We're trying to manipulate the fruits of love and peace. You can't manipulate peace. It's the product. God almighty. It's a product of being something. There ain't no peace in trying to be something I ain't. That's why Christians are so mad and ugly and nasty and rude. 
Because they're trying to train themselves to operate in a level that is full of divinity and not humanity. And when you try to perform divinity and humanity, it's frustrating. Hey, my God. Frustrating. So the church is frustrated because I know I'm supposed to be that. I know I'm supposed to act like that. I know preachers gonna preach. Hey man, we leave mad half the time. That's sorry, preacher. Somebody must have told him. Somebody told him. I guarantee somebody did tell me. Somebody told me. It was God that told me. No, I know, I know God was, I know that person was talking to you. Like I said, God told me. He'll use people. He'll use people seeing you look like a fool. He'll use people, huh? If he'll use a donkey to talk to Balaam, he'll use Helen. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Oh, my. That just, (laughs) that just, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know if I'll be a priest now. Of all the people, Sister Helen. (laughs) Amen. Uh, uh, So you can't walk around. They they, they told him. They told him. I tell Bible preacher. They told him. You ought to be walking out here. Oh my God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you revealed my humanness to me. Oh my God. You revealed my humanness to me so I can be more divine instead of full of my humanness. All right, Life Church, y'all ready to go? Are y'all ready to not leave? I'm sorry. Don't answer that question. Are y'all ready to go to this level? You can't go to this level if you don't realize it exists. You can't even go to this level if you don't realize it. He said, this is your predetermined hurt. Now back to my text. All things, somebody shout all things. All things is working together to get you to that point. When you get saved, all things are now working to get you to that point. Amen. Uh, the, the worst translation that we ever got in the King James Version is when the King James uh, translated the Holy Spirit as a comforter. It's a, it's a bad translation. Amen. I understand, I understand the meaning behind it, but it's a bad translation when you put it into the American culture that we're supposed to be comfortable in everything. We're supposed to be comfortable. We want the president to make it comfortable for us. We want him to vote in laws to make it comfortable for us. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing now, amen. We just want everything to be comfortable. We don't want to go through anything. We don't have to work for anything. We'd rather have entitlements and... Huh? Amen. Comforter, really, the word is translated parakletos, which means one called alongside to help. So when he said, I'm going to send you a comforter, he said, I'm going to send somebody to help you walk in areas you can't walk in by yourself. I'm going to send you strength to God. Is anybody in here? I'm going to send you strength to do what you cannot do on your own. Amen. You can't even go into that arena unless I send help. So go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with some help. My God, Holy Ghost is not a Hallmark card, sympathy card. It's a kick in the britches. But get up. You're bigger than that. You're higher than that. If you're going to a church that don't make you mad every now and then and convict you and challenge you, you're not going to a church who preaches the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because his message was so radical, it was always pulling me up to my potential. He's like a loudmouth coach. Amen. Telling that, amen, looking down into you saying, there's more in you, boy. There's more in you. Give me one more rep. Give me one more lap. There's more. 
So he said, now, now that you know what the purpose is, so you'll be transformed like Jesus, he said, now everything is working towards that. That knothead you work with that's driving you nuts. Hmm? Got you, Tammy. She really got with me on that one. <laughs> Let's see, who does she work with? Amen. Hey Amen. He said, I sent that to you. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> he said, I sent that to you to work on you because I need to work some patience and long suffering because you're a little sketchy in that area. And that's everything that Jesus is. So I'm working some stuff on your behalf. Amen. I know, I know that that person in front of you, that red light, That was the longest red light. Have y'all ever been to, where was we at in Louisiana? Slidell. Y'all ever been to Slidell? Don't go to Slidell if you ain't got no patience. I'm serious. Every light is two hours and 45 minutes long. I know it is. I, know, I didn't time it, but I'm sure of it. I sat there and looked at my, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Huh? I mean, I, I, I'm glad there wasn't nobody with me because I got out of my car and I kicked that pole. and I did. Amen. Uh, amen. But what's bad is when you sat there for two hours and 45 minutes and the one in front of you is texting and he didn't see it turn green. Oh, come on. Come on. Somebody help me right here. Uh, everything within me was going... And how many knows when you honk the horn, you're not really honking the horn to make somebody aware of something, you're cussing them. Am I right about it? Sorry. All right, come on, can we just get real? That's humanness. That's humanness coming out in you. Amen. Are you listening to me? And, and, and what was my point? I hate it when that happens. Oh, these things are working. <laughs> these things are working for the good of the purpose. Because what's the purpose? To make you like Jesus. And you can't be made like Jesus up on the shelf like a whatnot. So he puts you in the, amen. Some of you look over at your spouse right now and say, uh-huh. It's all about the purpose. Uh, that's why opposites attract. Amen, because you don't need a yes man in your life. All of, Can I teach this stuff? Because you just don't need a yes man in your life. Amen, because obedience is only learned through the things you suffer. It's not even manifested until it's contrary to your will. You young couples better get a hold of that. So he said, all things are working together for the good of the purpose. Not you, not your comfort. Not, 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 not your convenience. All things are working together for the good of those who called according to the purpose. Amen. Ephesians 1.11 says that we were predestined according to God's purpose and he works everything towards fulfilling the purpose. So some of you don't understand what's going on in your life right now. It's all about God working the purpose. Oh, I hope I get to my potter. Amen. I hope I get to that potter. Uh, Timothy said, he saved us, called us, not according to our works, but according to the purpose and grace. Amen. That's why some of you wives have to be careful when you go get counsel from a functional family. Oh, that was heavy right there. Think about it. Sometimes you can't get good counsel from a wife who's never experienced the dysfunctional husband that you have. Are you following me? And vice versa. Because you know what they'll tell you? 
tell you right now. Tammy, would you do that for me? She can, look, son, she can do it. She can do it. Son, she can just crush you without. <laughs> can't eat it. Does I look awkward doing it? Amen. Because you know why? They'll say, I'll tell you right now, you ain't got to put up with that. You're better than that. Amen. But what they don't realize, that was part of the purpose, and God has given you a grace that they don't have. So you got to go to somebody who's been to hell and back and made it out the other side who will tell you there's a grace in that marriage. There's a grace in that. There's a grace to put up with them children. There's a grace to put up with that boss. There's a... My God, he said, I'll never put you in anything. I don't put some grace. There is a paracletos with you. Amen. Quit acting so human. Quit acting so much like a human, Paul said. Fighting, quarreling amongst yourselves. Churches are splitting. People are mad at each other. He said, y'all acting just like a bunch of humans. He said, I called you into a culture to live higher than that. Amen. My God, help me expedite this message, Lord. So in other words, our salvation, our calling, our invitation into the kingdom of God was mandated by a predetermined purpose, right? And now we know what that purpose was, just to be just like Jesus, right? And with that predetermined purpose came a grace to do it because you cannot be like Jesus. Can I tell you something? The Bible don't just say, go and pray for the sick. It literally says, go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. So the Bible is constantly telling us to do things that are totally impossible. In your humanness, you can't do it. In the human side of you, you can't do it. But I put a divinity in you. Now, we don't have a problem believing that, but can I, can I take it a little further? He called you into a Christianity that is impossible to live. It's impossible to live. So if some of you are living this life you call Christianity without a direct relationship with God, with prayer and studying the word in the church. You're not in Christianity at all because the, they can do that down at the bingo hall. Christianity on such a level, you can't live like that. Are you following me? You can't, it's too high. It's too holy. It's too righteous for you to be able to live at that level. It's impossible. Yeah, you and I have been called to live at that level and a deposit of, of grace has been put in us to do it. That's why Hebrew says God is so mad when you sin on purpose. He said because you, do, you insult the spirit of grace. That's why he said that. He said, don't come here with that I couldn't help myself. I sent a piece of me down there to help you. Oh my God. And you want to insult my strength? Amen. Oh, don't, don't, don't freak out on me. He'll forgive you. I'm just saying you don't have to live like that. Can I go a little deeper? I didn't start preaching until about 12, right? So when you were saved, you were saved because of a, how, many, how long have I been preaching? Anybody know? 15 minutes? Oh, 50 minutes. Okay. So from the moment of our text, Give me 10 more minutes. From the moment um, of, of our salvation, our text teaches us that God begins to work all things in our life towards the purpose. It's like a potter. I got to it. Come on, Nisha. It, it, it's like a potter. 
Now listen to me. Can y'all watch this for a minute and listen to me at the same time? What I want you to understand is a potter in the beginning was not a potter because he needed a hobby. He was a potter because he needed a pot. (laughs) No, no, not that kind of pot. I see where you went. Does that make sense? Let me rephrase it so I can get you back. He was a potter because he needed a bowl. That still ain't working. He was a potter because he needed a picture. Needed a vessel. There it is. Thank you, Nathan. I was on strike three. He bailed me out. So a potter was not a potter. You got to catch this. Amen. Like we go to today, that's his uh, volition or our vocation. That's what he does and all that. But not in the beginning. They had to go get some clay and they went to molding something. Amen. Because they had a need for something. So the potter has a need in mind. So, so uh, uh, his, his work was provoked by necessity. Are you following me? That's what you are. You was a necessity. You're a necessity to God. That's why he's working on you. That's why he won't give up on you. That's why he keeps molding you and pushing you. Amen. Because he's, he's, he's got something in mind. Man, isn't that good up there? Every move he makes, look at that. Every move he makes, everything from the spinning of the wheel to the squeezing of the clay to the water being poured, amen, it is to create something with the capability to fulfill his desired purpose. Everything he puts you through is simply preparing you to have the capability to fulfill his desired purpose. So the whole time he's squeezing and pushing, he already has his thought in mind of what you're going to be. He said it. He said it from, from before the foundations of the world. He said, I, I, my, in my mind, you're going to be just like Jesus. So I may have to do a little squeezing of your humanness out of you. Put a little bit of sprinkle, a little water of divinity upon you. So uh, that potter, he has a, a certain need in mind. So his, his work is being provoked by necessity, necessity in everything he does. All things. Somebody shout all things. All things are working together for the good. All things are working. Look at the ouch. That's got to hurt. Mm. Woo. All things are working together for the good of the purpose of the potter. Now, from the clay's perspective, we're sitting here and we're amazed. But from the clay's perspective, it must be uncomfortable. It must be inconvenient. It must seem like the potter is requiring something out of me that's not in my nature. Oh my God. He's requiring something in me, amen, that's beyond my capability. I mean, it's not the clay's nature to be beautiful and well-defined, structured. It has to be coerced. It has to be provoked. It has to be transformed, amen. But the potter is working as if he knows something about the clay that the clay don't know. Oh my God. Oh my God, I didn't know all I... All I know is I was born this way. All I know, amen, is, is I'm just a creature of, I'm just a victim of my culture. All I caught is anybody with me, amen. All I know is what my daddy turned me into or my mama may told me I was. All I know is what society tells that, that I am. I don't know, that's, that's all I know. But the potter is now working as if he knows something I do not know and he's expecting something out of me that I don't feel like I can do. 
He said, so I'm going to give you some help. Day of Pentecost is coming. We're going to have Pentecost around here in about 30 days. He said, I'm going to send a helper that's going to help you do and be what you cannot be on your own. Amen. God said, this is what I'm doing to you. See, am I helping anybody? Some of you don't understand the pressure that you're under right now. You don't understand, my God, it just seems like everything is just pressing in on me. Hey, Amen. I don't know if it showed it up there, but when you take clay and you go to pushing on it, it starts rising to higher heights. Amen. It's putting boundaries in my life. It wasn't nothing but a lifeless piece of clay, but when the potter got his hands on it, it was uncomfortable and inconvenient, but I see some new boundaries being established in my life. It's taking form and shape. And he uses everyday circumstances, family members, traffic, kids. Somebody ought to shout right there. Young and old. I think they're worse when they get grown than they are when they're little ones. When they're little, you can get them in a headlock. When they get grown, they'll whoop you. You just got to kind of let them go. Or get a bigger stick. I don't know. What do y'all do? But what needs to be understood is God is working everything. All things are working together for the good. Amen. And, and if you can find a church, I don't know of any, but if you can find a church, amen, to where the pastor and the brothers in the church are brave enough to come to you and say, look, brother, you're stepping a little too far outside the boundaries, and they start pulling some boundaries around your life and start squeezing you, you're in a good church. You're in a good church. You're in a church that's going to pull something out of you. Amen. Instead of this hyper love that everybody's preaching, that God just loves you just where you are. I got news for you. That's not true. He loves you like you are, but he don't love you where you are. Let me rephrase that a little different way. Make it a little better. He don't love where you are. And he loves you enough to try to, to pull you out of where you are. But we've redefined love. Therefore, we are contrary to the love of the word of God. Amen. And we just let people act a fool. When God may want to use the brotherhood to do a little molding. That's why you ought to come to church. You ought not come to church to feel good. You ought to come to church to have to rub shoulders with knotheads. We got plenty here. This is a good place to join. Just knuckleheads. Knuckleheads, most of them sit on the front pew, excluding my wife, my daughter, and you. <laughs> I ain't naming no names, but we got some. Yeah, you're not come, you're come to church for no other reason, just so people can rub you the wrong way because it starts taking things off of you that don't, need to, don't look like Jesus. My God, that's just good teaching right there. It's transforming you. I'm not going into part two of this. I feel like I'm losing you. Oh, but I had some good stuff coming. We'll preach it next week. I want you to say it with me. All things work together for the good. All things are working together. When you understand this, you can leave here now and not be depressed and oppressed about all the negativity in your life because if you believe you're a child, it's working for me. It's working for me. If, yeah, if I didn't have that resistance, I couldn't build muscle. Amen? 
It's working for me. I'm a, I'm a jogger or a runner jogger. I do about five miles a day. Jermaine don't believe me, but I do it in 65 minutes. So I, I walk and I jog at the same time. Well, I'm finna go to the next level and get me some weights, dumbbells. And while I'm running, I'm going to do this. Five miles. huh? I'm going to start off with 50 pounders and then I'm going to go on up. But the reason I want this, <laughs> I got my own personal trainer here now. But the reason, <laughs> he said, uh-huh, that ain't happening. Amen. But, but the reason I do is because I need resistance to start building these up. Because my wife said they're looking flabby. Oh, actually, Freddie said that. <laughs> ain't nothing like a good brother. <laughs> Amen. But I can't go to the next level without resistance in my life. And while I'm running out there, amen, I can remind myself that all these things are working together for the good of my predetermined purpose. <laughs> oh, God, I got to quit. So quit fretting. God's just trying to work the humanness out of you and produce some divinity in you. Because you're supposed to be godly. You're supposed to be like God. I didn't have time to preach it. We'll, take, we'll catch it next week. But I do want to leave you with why. Why? Why is it so important? Why was this the predetermined purpose of God from the very foundation for you to be an expression of Him? It's because it is natural in every world, in every kingdom, that you are influenced by what you are exposed to. So God said, the only way I can change the world is to expose them to me. So he, everything is working towards getting you in position that where you are, God is. And when people are exposed to God, it changes them. We need to quit inviting people to church. Boy, I said it. I said it. I'm all about evangelism, and we're going to go do that. But the reality of it is we need to quit inviting people to church and go be the church. That's the difference. And they'll be drawn to that, and they'll end up here. When we start being instead of doing, that's, that's the whole plan of God. That was the whole part. Our purpose, I'm quitting, I really am. That whole purpose was found in Jesus, and you can study the life of Jesus. And his whole purpose was to expose God to the world, to create a new culture, a new culture. Stand with me all over the building. I'm through. Can you just come play something soft just for a minute? We're not going to give no long altar call. Uh, we've done had an altar call and God's already moved, but I believe something's been deposited in this church. Just real soft, Dustin. But I do want you to pray this prayer from your seat before you leave that God is raising the standard of the preaching in this church. And for some of you, it might be difficult. For some people, it's heresy. The preacher said, we're supposed to be God on earth. I didn't say that. I said, we're supposed to be like God on earth. Why? Because I'm his son. And that's why Jesus came to conform me so he could be the firstborn of many brethren. In other words, Jesus said, I can only influence so much area. But if I can get all of you acting just like me, I can influence the world. 
That's why I said you're the light of the world. You're the influence of the world. See, you ain't got to invite them to church or religion. Expose them to God. Just expose them to God right where you are. That will affect change in their life. They'll either run to it or from it. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.